So you like bold red wine most of the time With notes of fig and raisin You like a cold brew and pitching horseshoes As the sun is fading You like football games and dishing out nicknames But Godfather's one and two But not so fast, we got a podcast We like that too we like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. Hey, Bon Vivants. Welcome back to the We Like That Too podcast. This is Brad Jones, and of course, joining me, the man, the legend. You need him, you love him, you can't live without him. <laughs> Mr. Keith Inlow. Hey, everybody. And yes, we are not in the Bon Vivant International Media Center. No, we're not. We're on the road still in Nashville, Tennessee. We're still Music on our, City, our Nashville USA. road trip. We're, what a great time we've had, too. We are having a blast. Hey, once we're, again, I wanted to thank NFIB, the National no Federation of Independent Business, for allowing us to uh, set up our makeshift studio here. It's, it's mobile, worked out very, very well. The, the mobile Bon Vivant International the, Media Center. That's right. We've been eating and drinking our way through Nashville, and it's been quite a treat. So, and we're we're not done yet. We're not done yet. <laughs> we're yeah, just we're, getting started. Yeah, we're just getting started. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I am uh, so elated to have our guests today. We have two of them. We have two guests. One of them on a phone call, so it, you'll hear a difference in sound quality, but that's all right. So, let me give you a little backstory. Some of you Bon Vivants know that I have a daughter who lives in Franklin, Tennessee, which is just a suburb south of Nashville. Beautiful little community. And uh, we were in town visiting them and going to a concert and went down on Broadway and stumbled into Old Red, which is Blake Shelton's bar. Great place, multiple venues, multiple stages in that place. But on the main floor stage, a band called Cumberland Run was playing. Actually, they were in transition. They They were transitioning from the previous artist and they were setting up. So we got in on the beginning of their set. And I fell in love with these guys. They're going to think I'm a little corny. But they just had a great sound. They did covers. They did original stuff. That They just were so much. And they were fun to watch. And they really had the crowd engaged. And so I thought, you know, this is the kind of thing that we like to talk about on our podcast. You know, musicians, we love music. And, and so I just went on their website and contacted their band leader and... Said, hey, you want to guys, guys want to do a podcast? We've been working on this for over a year. Yeah. Trying to get it together. So we yeah. have with us today, I'm going to call you founder, although you may be co founder or whatever, of the band Cumberland Run, Thomas Hassel. Hey, guys. How you going? Good. Thank you for being here. And remotely, we have the violin player. And does he play other instruments too? Or, yeah. 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 You want to talk about the little Johnny? Yeah. Jo- well, yeah. Jonathan Warren is the, uh, <laughs> the other band member we've got, and we appreciate Jonathan, you joining us remotely. So, uh, hello, I, hello. I know you play world. fiddle. Yes. Little fiddle, mandolin, and some BGVs. That's, uh, background vocals. Okay. There you go. They need it. Well, I believe yeah. in a previous life I was a background singer, a backup <laughs> singer. So, uh, uh, welcome guys to the We Like That Too podcast. We are thrilled to have you. Jonathan, if you can disclose it, where are you located right now? <laughs> Let's see. I am in Georgia right now. All right. I am. Yeah, I'm on the road. That's that's one of the cool things about Cumberland Run is all of us uh, that are in the band are all road warriors. We're all out here getting experience touring and stuff with other bands, and then we're bringing that 
to that's kind of why the band is so energetic because yeah. we all have all these experiences so right now i'm out here at the georgia national fair uh playing with another artist so yeah i'm very in the back exciting. of a sprinter van <laughs> very exciting we've got a Close we've had a we've had a couple of uh, yeah we've had a couple of podcast guests that do the exact same thing that's um, awesome yeah so ray cardwell is a, a bassist that gigs and travels with dave mason right now and he was a he's a friend of the podcast and a okay. prior guest so so you're not going to be playing the devil went down to georgia are you <laughs> no i don't think so that that's a cumberland run uh <laughs> no, nobody no, nobody can quite do it as fast as thomas i think there's a there's a, a limit there's a limit to most drummers you know yeah and thomas is the drummer so i yes. was going to ask you that mm. thomas you know Drummers sort of have a stereotype of being, you know, um. in, no, 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 but, but kind of taking a. They're back. all true. Well, <laughs> don't get me started yeah. on bass players. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we but, got all you know, jokes. You, just even this, the, the location of the band, you're kind of in the back. Yeah. You know, and so, uh, I don't know that I know many bands that have been founded by a drummer or, mm-hmm. or kind of the lead, the, the organizer or the lead man. So how'd that all happen? Well, uh, it started a long time ago, say about 2013, and uh, I was in another band with another guy, and we co-founded that together, and Johnny was a part of that as well. Uh, and then uh, in 20, late, late 2018, uh, that person decided he didn't want to be a part of this life anymore and wanted to do other things, mm-hmm. and I took what that band was and made it into what Cumberland Run is now. Cool. cool. And, uh, so I had had some experience from, you know, already doing it a little bit. And then, uh, I just really took it upon myself to say, there's something here. I don't want to just stop doing this and just start some other career. Uh, and I took what we had and I was like, this is a viable product. There's something left in the tank here. Sure. And, uh, I made us what we are today. Well, great. Well, you guys are a lot of fun. So, okay. I'm going to keep us on track. Well, that's so what we you, are going to get into the story, but that's what uh, you do. we're going to drink first. We have to taste <clears throat> first. So, okay. so when I talked to Thomas about what they like, um, you know, we usually do wine, and he said, you know, it's not he he likes some wine, but then I said maybe some Tennessee whiskey, and he jumped all over that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, I so I actually picked out two. We went to a local, uh, really nice liquor store last night, and, and uh, picked out two. This first one we're going to try is Peg Leg Porker. Tennessee straight bourbon whiskey and peg leg porker is famous around here for it's a barbecue joint. It's in the gulch, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Have you eaten there, Brad? You I knew, have. You knew of it. I, well, my my good friend uh, Tall Paul and Christy play. Uh, Paul Bobles, the 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 Bobles had played up there on top of the roof, okay. and so I went and saw them, and then I also had their barbecue and. The show was great, and the barbecue was great. It was a wonderful evening. So yes. the barbecue is from pitmaster Kerry Bringle, and he is an award-winning pitmaster. But he also likes t- uh, whiskey and bourbon, and he knows that it pairs well with barbecue. So he got into this. Now, uh, Peg Leg Porker has um, – this. The, what we're drinking today is the entry-level bourbon, but they have some age products, an 8, a, a 12, and a 15-year-old product also. I think they had a ride, didn't they? I, that was I, a rye that was sitting next to it. Could be. Yeah. Uh, your memory is better than mine from last night, so um, we won't go into that. Right now, he's sourcing his product from another distiller. The rumor is that it's Dickel, but nobody can confirm that. But then he's finishing it in a unique way in charred oak barrels, and the rumor is that he filters it through 
the charcoal that he uses to smoke his pork. And so it's got nice, that's, that's the rumor. sweet. Yeah, so I haven't tasted it yet. So, so, what, so let's let's give it a sniff and a. Well, you gotta. I tell you what. Uh, it's a nice smell. If you, if you can combo those two of my I favorite things, I was going to say things, that's, that's two things that can't go wrong, right? Johnny, you want to smell this? Johnny, do you have smell, any, yeah, you have any proprietary <laughs> information on this? Uh, are any of these rumors true? Johnny needs smell a vision down down there in Georgia. <laughs> this does smell good. What do you think, boys? Well, this is the first taste of the day, and usually, you know, anytime you're drinking a distilled spirit, you need to give your tongue time to acclimate. This is very smooth for a oh, first, yeah. first drink. Wow. That's very sweet. Great color. Nice mm-hmm. light caramel color. It does have a nice smoke, but this is this is not biting me at all like you, no. usually your first no. shot does. No, and usually. I haven't put this is neat. I haven't put any water no. in it or anything. Yeah, this is very smooth. It is yeah, it's got a good color. Uh it's got that uh classic kind of whiskey sweet. I remember when I was a kid, uh, my parents, if I had some kind of sickness, I can't remember exactly what it would have been, but they would be like, yeah, just give them a little bit of whiskey. Yes, we had the same thing. With a little, little uh, honey, a little whiskey yeah, whiskey, and honey, honey yeah. and tea. Yeah. Mm. Fix, you, fix you right up. My, I figured out it was a cough, and, and they called it cough medicine. We were uh, we were Baptist, so we didn't drink, but they, they kept it in the back of the linen closet without a label on the bottle. And I figured out the way it worked is you can't cough when you're passed out. So <laughs> <laughs> the recipe, amazing. Once I head on the on the wall, I think that's a winner. And this is a good yeah. price point too. This is a very affordable bourbon. I think it's under thirty dollars a bottle. So. I'll have to pick some of this up. This is great. Yeah. Um, peg leg porker. Okay, let's talk a little while. We'll finish what's in our glass, and then I'll pour our next one, and we'll go back to that a little later. Okay. okay. Perfect. All right. So Thomas, mm-hmm. your one of those rare breeds of people who grew up in Nashville <laughs> and is still working here, right? Yes, the sir. Unicorn. Unicorn. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what they what, call them. That's what that, Mike, Mike, you, Mike Nash, uh, I don't know if you guys know Mike Nash. He's kind of a big in the, well, he had, uh, they had a pretty good, uh, Band called it was uh, uh, Southern Draw. Southern Draw Band. Okay. Southern Draw Band. I sorry. I feel like sorry, I've sorry. heard the name Mike Nash before. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's he he's, he's the one that first brought up. He's the a unicorn. unicorn too. He's yeah. a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's kind of transitioned into the trap rock world and has a, a good a big following there. But cool guy. If you ever run into him, really neat guy. Yeah. And former Wonderful. podcast. Yeah. He's guest. on our podcast. Episode number twenty eight. Bon Vivants. If we're going to go back and listen to that. Go so, see. So Thomas, tell us about growing up in Nashville. Oh boy. Well, I've been here for a while. Um, I don't know how, where are these Bon Vivants exactly? They're all over the globe. All okay. Over, we have a all global audience. Can you, before I get into this, can you explain to me what that means? Bon Vivant is just a French term for the good life. Our listeners like the things we like. Food, beverages, wine, yeah, really, arts, arts, entertainment, travel, music, music, movie, really travel. Fits into the know. name there. No, uh, no religion, no politics. Okay. On this podcast, you can find that anywhere you want to. But so uh, the listeners are from all around. They are. So. We have a global audience. We have uh, people who download countries. all over the twenty countries and every state in the union, almost. So. I've wow. been around since uh, the, I guess, Green Hills West Center. It's like a popular shopping area with okay. like a Whole Foods yeah. and a Shake Shack. That was a parking lot in an old grocery store. So I remember waiting in the car in that parking lot. is the worst place to be in the middle of the summer. <laughs> That's a child in the car. Uh, but to put that in perspective, uh, like, you know how big of a deal the Bluebird is? Yes. It yes. was not 
it was just a little place. It was, I'm sure it was a good enough deal to some songwriters, but it was not the big thing it is today. Yeah. I, I believe that was actually really made famous by the TV show in Nashville it on was. ABC. It, yeah. Yeah. It was hard enough <laughs> to get tickets anyway. And then they had to, they had the TV show and now it's just damn near impossible. All the time. Yeah. There's yeah. always a line out the door. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I've been, you know, through all my schooling here, uh, USN, Karangram Academy, and uh, Father Ryan High School, you know. Johnny, did you grow up here in uh, in Nashville? I grew up in uh, Chester, Virginia. Okay. Like uh, about an hour south of Richmond. Most people know where Richmond, Virginia is. That's beautiful oh. country. Yeah. It's, uh, Virginia's for lovers, you know. It is. It is. what I've heard. <laughs> it's everything from mountains to beaches to... Yeah, you um, guys have everything. you got some great rivers in, in Virginia and West Virginia, too. Absolutely, oh, yeah. yeah. The uh, outdoor hiking stuff was really fun and, you know, a lot of bluegrass music. So yes. that's kind of where I got into to fiddling and stuff. My grandma used to, to watch the bluegrass musicians. And okay. I always I always uh, just had such a, such a fun time with her watching all that, and uh, I wanted to make her happy, so I started playing fiddle. So tell us about that. Was your... Your musical influence come from your family? Were, were they musicians? How did you pick up the instrument for the first time? So my mom actually was in the in the sound and lighting world for a while. She did a, a follow spot for Tina Turner. She's done a whole bunch wow. of stuff on cruise oh, wow. ships. Can we she's, get her uh, on the show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's uh, she's been she's been all over the the country. She started off on a cruise ship bartending, and uh, she was going through VCU. Uh, Virginia Commonwealth right. University for sound and, and light design. Uh-huh. Uh, so she ended up picking up that uh, sound gig there in the cruise ship, um, started getting in with a lot of big names because they'd have big names come and do the cruise stuff and uh, started, you know, hitching rides on with them on their tours and helping them out with, you know, uh, monitors and lights and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, then she ended up being the head of the uh, entertainment department at King's Dominion. And that's where that's about the time that I was coming around into the world and so i kind of grew up with her doing sound and lights and getting to hear all these big bands and stuff so my interest probably came from her but my specific fiddle violin interest came from uh my grand grand uh she she loved watching pbs she loved watching andre ryu on pbs and he would just always make her smile and I just remember thinking, you know what? I want to make her smile like that. So <laughs> I, nice. I started classical violin. Mom made me ask for a couple of years because she was afraid it was going to be a expensive hobby. And once I started, I never wanted to stop. So Great. Thomas, how about you, your musical influence? And when you got started, how would you get into the, the music world? Well, my dad's always played piano. We've had, a, I think, like a, a grand of some type in our house mm-hmm. since I was born. So I'd always hear him playing you know, some classical and some of his favorites of course when i you know got into elementary school i wanted to play electric guitar it was the 90s it was the coolest thing to do and he said if you're going to do that you're going to learn to play piano first and i hated it yeah i mean uh some a story he loves to tell is the fact that um when i would do recitals i would basically memorize the music so it helps now you know being a uh performer 
on stage. You know, there's not really a, especially for drummers, not a good spot to put a you know, music stand. Right. Um, so I can read it, but I have always chosen to memorize and regurgitate. Yeah. And what you're supposed to do with these recitals, you're supposed to read the page and just not look at your hands. And I would not do that. I'd look at it and be like, confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look at my hands the whole time. That's great. Yeah. That's great. In fact, Sorry. you were trying to get through it just as quickly as you possibly could. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just, I just hate this like piano stuff. So I was like, if I can't, if they're not going to let me do something melodic, I'm going to do something opposite of that, yeah. which is percussion. A little did I know that technically piano yes. is a percussion. I was just going to say how, how ironic that the piano and the orchestra is considered a percussion instrument. Such a weird yeah. designation. But yeah, I went into, um, drums and, and snare and uh, marching, not did marching, the, but the concert did you, band. Yeah. Did you do the whole, did you do the marching thing in high school? The I didn't band? do technically marching. Um, yeah. I did what is called drumline. Well, well sure. drumlines are a big, big deal. They are. Yeah. 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 And they're cool. And the, I, I think the movie drumline probably didn't hurt that either. The movie didn't, no, it the movie's fun. The, yeah. the, the movie was great. The yeah, I love the movie. Um, yeah, Nick Nick Cannon was actually playing Thomas in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. That's, that's, I that's wish. A, hey, I, I did it. Johnny, I got a question for you because sure. we've had some we've had some folks that have sort of a similar musical upbringing in that it was mostly classical but there seemed to be at some point an aha moment where they said wait a minute i really really love that whatever that was you know whether yeah. it's yeah. bluegrass Rock, or yeah. Um, Absolutely. Uh, you know, well, was there a moment or is there somebody that you heard playing? One of my favorite stories to tell because there definitely was a distinctive moment. So I was I was in high school. We I'd, I'd done the specialty center uh, because I was uh, really into concertos and performing and stuff. So I auditioned for the specialty center high school. And, and that's important because the uh, the high school that I went to with the specialty center, they actually took out certain classes and made them after school. So like gym, we would take after school. And in place of that class, we'd get like an extra music class. And so for that extra music class, what we decided to do is hire a local rock band to come in. And then to teach us orchestration, my conductor, uh, he had all of the um, specialty center students orchestrate rock tunes for full orchestra so that they could be played behind this rock band. And then we put on this concert for charity. And so it was our first year ever doing that. And it was our first, for most of us, it was our first real introduction to putting strings to rock music. And so the rock band was over rehearsing. I was working on my, my tune, Viva La Vida. Um, <laughs> I was working on that and I was just improvising and having some fun in one of the uh, practice closets. And the lead singer for the band uh, offering uh, Janine came in and she was like, Hey, I love what you're doing. I've got a gig coming up at this coffee shop. Would you want to just come by and, uh, you know, play with us? Um, <laughs> and I was like, absolutely. Well, fast forward a few months. I've, I've been playing with this band for a few months now. Janine comes to me and says, Hey, you would have to co go with your mom because this is, you know, you're a little too young to do this, but. We've actually been trying to plan a trip to Beijing, China for four years now, and it looks like it's finally going to happen. Would you want to come to Beijing with us? Oh, and for play? crying out loud. We're going to do a musical exchange with the Beijing Opera House and play. So cool. I, <laughs> next thing I know, me and my mom are on a plane to Beijing, China, and I'm playing rock music in China, uh, doing a cultural exchange with the Beijing Opera House. <laughs> and it was the coolest 
It was my first tour. It was my first touring experience. <laughs> and I got bit so hard by the bug. I was like, okay, I don't care. I, I was into science and everything. I was like, nope, I don't want to be a scientist anymore. I don't want to do anything else. I've got to find a way to get back on a plane and do this again. This like, is this it. is all I want to wow. do. See you later, Mr. Tchaikovsky. <laughs> right. That's it. No more concertos. No more. I've got to learn rock tunes. I got to learn blues tunes. And so yeah. that's kind of where everything started for me. And from that point on, uh, I went to my classical teacher and she told me about Belmont and that's how I got into their program for, cool. you know, post classical commercial music. And yeah, that and is then, a great, you know, I'm so glad I went there because, uh, there, you know, there's been similar, you know, people will say, yeah. Oh, I heard, I heard such and such on TV and oh my gosh, all of a sudden I was like, I want to play like that. Yeah. I want to play that kind of music, you know, and it was yeah. really neat. John, have you seen the YouTube video of Tommy Shaw playing with that high school orchestra and they're doing Fooling Yourself? And yes, I think I, I think have. it may be a like a an all star <laughs> high school orchestra because all these kids like look like they're really uh, pretty good. Really it's it's an it, impressive yeah. video though. I, I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. So we have we're gonna take a break. We have pour number two in our glasses. This is uh, an associated whiskey that we've had on the show before. This is from Nelson's Greenbrier, Ooh. Tennessee whiskey. And the associated product we've had before is the Bell Mead Tennessee mm-hmm. Bourbon. This is a weeded mash bill. Nelson's Greenbrier is an established Tennessee distillery. And this sour mash actually is was reintroduced. It originally came out in 1909, faded away for a while. This is a reintroduction of it. And a couple of interesting things about, about this is it's filtered through, and you know, Tennessee whiskey, that's one of the characterizations of it is it's filtered through something this is filtered through elm charcoal elm charcoal sweet elm charcoal okay so what do you think guys well it smells you, you don't have to drink it bigger nose it yeah. has got much bigger wow. nose huge nose than yeah. the peg leg yeah it and were, it's a little deeper in color a little more amber in color yeah um, i expect when i drink this that there's going to be more going on but then again there should be it is aged in charred new oak Oh, this is Johnny, nice. what do you think of that nose? Oh, it smells delicious from here. Mine's still downloading. I'll let you know when it's <laughs> finished. Yeah. It does, and it tastes delicious, too. And again, oh my gosh, um, this is really very good. smooth. This is this is sweet. This has got that caramel. Yeah, this is car- that caramel notes this of is, a bourbon. This is so caramely. This is really delicious. I got to ask you guys, you do wine usually on this podcast, right? Have you seen the Psalm movies? Yes, we yes, have. Yes, we have. Yeah, we're, yeah. Big, we're big we fans of the indeed. Psalm yeah, movies. I love the Psalm if, movies. Uh, yeah. if, if ever you could take uh, a a wine test and make it a dramatic and uh, exciting sort of a movie. They they pulled it off. Yeah, they, yeah, they pulled yeah. it off. There's like a fun. game I think that my parents have. It's it's some rare game you can get called like uh, Le Vendonnet. Yeah, and it just has a bunch of the characters and notes of wine, and you have the cards and you sniff them, and that's how yeah. you learn to like. No, yeah, there's all sorts of learning. Yeah, kits. like they yeah, have, yeah, yeah. They have yeah. Uh, aroma kits that you can mm-hmm. buy, and they'll have little aroma in the bottles and you practice yeah very interesting and whiskey fanatics are the same way yeah yeah i mean fun they, fact about me is um i'm a bit of a uh fragrance connoisseur like i almost worked in the mall for creed a very well-known um an established fragrance uh, yeah. house in uh france and uh so i've got a nose for this kind of stuff and it's just like this one has quite the nose. Yeah, this is but good. Identifying them. Let's see. And what Keith Keith just did 
is he just put just a yeah. few drops of water in there, and uh, it's amazing how that it opens just, it. it blossoms. Yeah, they call yeah. them yeah, blooming, blooming or blossoming. Or blossoming. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't it, take much. It just just, just a little bit. All of a sudden, it just kind of goes, whoa. Yeah, Thank I think you. that's actually recommended. Yeah. A lot of people think that like it's macho or manly to drink a straight whiskey. It's actually not as good of a product. I don't it's think meant that's to well, be I opened usually, like this. We don't have ice here. I usually drink my stuff on ice because I, I like it cold. I, like yeah. one reason. I put a brick in mine. And the other ice. thing it does is it, it changes yeah, you know, it certainly. changes the the the, the profile, the, the whole profile mm-hmm. as as you're drinking it. All right, so, so Greenbrier, uh, I give this one Greenbrier, big, Tennessee, big three thumbs three up thumbs here. up on this one. I oh, think. Yeah. And again, this one, uh, it's it's not the age is not uh, designated, so it's more of an introductory level product. I believe they do have some age product too. And Bell Mead is one of their sister uh, bourbons that we've already given thumbs up to so yes look for that out there bon vivants and, and especially and you we find we people. find ours at uh, beautiful downtown jefferson city at bar whiskey which is uh now open one of the great small businesses of all yep. time and and bar vino yep uh, matt green does a great job and can he and the staff will uh, help you out if you need something well you know thomas brings up a great a, a great point about playing these games and learning things and learning the aromas and that kind of thing. And if you're ever trying to educate yourself on anything like that, go check out your local library. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. The resources these places have, we in Jefferson city have the Missouri river regional library, but you can find stuff in there. We're, we're big readers. It's right. one of most bon vivants like to read nowadays. You know, the feel of a good book is great, but you can now download books onto your listening devices and you can get that service through your local library. They have download services just like any of your Amazon or your uh, Nook, those kind of things. You can get them through your local library and download them there. So go visit your local library. Check that stuff out. Ours is Missouri River Regional Library in Jefferson City, and we appreciate their sponsorship of the podcast. And uh, so don't forget that. Not just a place for old dusty books anymore. No, I mean I I have uh, downloaded two books in the last I guess month onto my audio device, my phone. Yeah. Uh, uh, recommended to me through a very good friend of mine uh, are I believe it's called Scar Tissue. It's the autobiography of Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, yeah. And then Storyteller, which is David Grohl's from the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Yeah. I said David. That's the first time I've called him David Grohl. <laughs> Dave Grohl's Dave Storyteller. Grohl. Yeah. I bet those. <laughs> Are both interesting stories. So you can find all, all sorts of stuff like that at, at the local library. And with a library card, you've got access to their download services. So remember that when you're looking for your next good read. Man, that's smooth. That is good. <laughs> that all is right. Good. I've, I've got one. Of, you, you know, you brought up Mike Nash. And one of the questions that we ask Mike, because he grew up here, in your thoughts, how do you think that changes you as an artist? Because you grew up around all of this mike's thought was kind of you know i didn't know any better I, yeah. as far as the business i didn't i didn't do a garth i didn't come here yeah get my ass mm-hmm. kicked and have to go home exactly. and do it again i grew up here mm-hmm. i knew these people they weren't mystical to me you know yeah. these singer songwriters 
talk about that a little now, bit. Now, I didn't grow up in the community, though. Um, I was just a local. I was just a, a townie, you know. So uh, I wasn't really involved in the industry as a young person. Um, I mean, I was around it for sure. Well, that's that, that's what Mike said. He said, yeah. you know, we were around it. It wasn't something that was intimidating necessarily yeah. to us because these were our neighbors and, you know, we knew people that – worked on music row and you know yeah. those, those kind of folks yeah know? i mean uh given that this is a country rock outfit that you know we have in cumberland run uh most of my life i was not a big country head you know yeah. and i'm, I, I'm known to many people as like kind of a city boy because i didn't grow up around a farm or anything but uh my first favorite band the first band i saw live was a band called br549 they are a uh <laughs> do you know them i don't but i know the the reference is okay. from Hee Haw. Yeah, Hee Haw. Yeah. <laughs> Junior yeah. Samples car lot was BR549. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were a really cool uh, band in the mid-late 90s. Um, you know, they had a big stand-up bass and pedal steel and they yeah. wore all the scullies and they were really, really good. Um, and as a toddler, my mom took me to see them. <laughs> and then after that, it was all like I grew up on Elvis and the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. I uh, went towards rock. I've even done like I, my favorite workout music currently is like disturbed and uh, <laughs> the slipknot. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That's like some dark stuff. No, yeah. I'll yeah. just like the really, I, I'm not an angry person. I can't get myself there. So in order to be able to, push through that weight i gotta have something yeah. that's yelling in my ear <laughs> hey johnny what was the what yeah. was the first uh we love this question because it's always so much fun and i'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna ask you too what was the first like real concert that you that you went to yeah okay you, Jeez, you know i think mine was Coldplay. oh so, okay okay yeah and it, it was with uh the lead singer because i had put together viva the Vita. <laughs> um, and that was their song. Yeah, so th- she uh, she took me and the and the rest of the band to see Coldplay. We were in the nosebleeds, but I just remember like, wow, this is a concert, you know? Yeah. yeah. It was at the Coliseum, and it was just like the lights, the and then Chris Martin just you know going nuts up there. Yeah, it was just so cool, so cool to see. Yeah, you, you never really forget that first experience. Do you? Mm. you know, you, no. hey, hey Johnny, you know what my first one was? What? Olivia Newton-John. Oh, may she rest in peace. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, and we, Brad, you and I talked about this. I'm sorry, I digress. Uh, we go down a lot of rabbit holes here, so I'm all about we, it. it's our show. We, we probably, we yeah, we probably need it. a moment of silence for uh, Loretta Lynn. We, you know, yeah, Miss Loretta too, the, oh, the queen. Yeah, yeah. But I got to tell you, Johnny, uh, being 14 years old, and when Olivia Newton-John came out on that stage in a red <laughs> satin jumpsuit. That will uh, your life is complete. I, I will just tell <laughs> your you, life just began. That, yeah, right. that will be implanted on your brain for the rest of your days. Did you have to excuse yeah. yourself for seven minutes? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what, he warmed up for Paul Williams, who was oh who was an amazing songwriter. Never should have performed ever, ever. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. You know that can be but, said for a lot of songwriters. Mm-hmm. You know they it's have really some true. can do They're both. Not the, some of them are not yeah. the greatest singers. Some can do both, but not all of them. Yeah. Some yeah. of the best are not really great singers. <laughs> yeah. I, I was doing an event one time. It was for a bunch of uh, famous songwriters, and I I don't know. I, I think it was with uh, an artist who was also a songwriter. I can't remember, but it was just like a little acoustic trio. We were just playing as kind of like the the party music kind of as people were doing the cocktail hour. Um, but the guy gets up 
and he just i mean he looks like a nobody he's got a beat up guitar and he gets up and he says this is the song i bought my first mansion with and then he plays <laughs> midnight train to georgia oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, see, tells does this, it miss something like, without the pips? <laughs> well, let me tell you, this guy could not play the guitar. He oh. would barely sing it. But he wrote this incredible tune, yeah. and he even told us a story about he was taping it to her mailbox every day and couldn't get anybody. Like, he was taping it to a bunch of people's mailboxes, and she was just the one that finally took it. Um, and it ended up being a hit. But it's, like, incredible that you don't you don't need to be a world-class performer to write a song that – you know, hits with people. There's definitely something to be said about that. We learned on a previous podcast with uh, Brent Burns that Midnight Train to Georgia was originally written for Farrah Fawcett Majors and Lee Majors, written about them. And mm. it was Midnight Train to L.A. Mm. Yeah. They got it to Gladys Knight, and she loved it, but she said, my audience doesn't care about going to L.A. They're going to Atlanta. So we want Midnight Train. They changed it to Midnight Train to Georgia. That that was the exact story he told. Okay. Oh, so, wow. it is, so it is true. So All right. he's the guy. Yeah. Well, our source is pretty good. It. So, yeah. Well, and yeah, you that listen was the to exact those. story he told, but I couldn't remember it. So. Yeah. But you know, yes, what, you... and I think one of, the, one of the greatest things about the Bluebird Cafe is when you walk in there, uh, unless you're a real Nashville insider and you really know these people – is they start going around the circle and you go, holy shit, you, you wrote that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, and you wrote that and you wrote that. And that, and some, usually those guys that are at the Bluebird, though, they can play and they can sing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that doesn't mean that, I'm not saying that they can't play and sing, but they don't have performance. No, it's not star a, it's level not their type first deal. voices, yeah. and a lot of them don't want to. They don't yeah. want to be out front behind a microphone. That's not their game. right. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, we had a lot of opportunities at uh, Belmont to go to these things called convocations, and uh, these uh, songwriters would come in because, of course, it's Belmont. It's a music yeah. school. And so let me let me interrupt just for a minute for Bon Vivants okay. out there who don't know Belmont University is yeah. a, a school here in Nashville that specializes. Really, they're known for yes. Um, the entertainment world, production, yes. performance, uh, recording, yeah. the to, whole deal. To name a few names, uh, Brad Paisley went there. Florida Georgia Line went there. Yeah, and I believe Trisha Yearwood went there. Well, and um, what are the one of the girl groups? I was thinking there were some. A new one is Devin Dawson. He went there. That's a, I think somebody from. Uh, Little Big Town. I think there may be one or two of them. I don't. That I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway, I don't remember that? It's it's very common that people in and around Nashville, yeah. specifically moved here to go to school there to learn yeah. the music business. And that, that's where Johnny and I met actually, uh, 2012. Yeah. yeah, great segue. Ten years ago. All right, so let's talk about Cumberland Run. Great yes, segue. Tell us about the band, how you all got together, and a little bit of the history. Okay, so Johnny, you and I met in about 2012 uh, through a friend of ours that was starting a band, and uh, we got together with a bass player, and just I started writing music with this guy. And then we, I guess, didn't really start playing any gigs until we auditioned for, uh, for Margaritaville on Broadway in uh, 2014. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and we, we auditioned we auditioned for Margaritaville before we learned the Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> yeah, we, we got there, and we didn't know any Jimmy Buffett. We didn't even know uh, Don't Stop Believing." So we got done with our audition, which we thought we screwed over. We, we, we did, like, three songs, and I think we did uh, Good Directions by Billy Currington and somehow had a mu- miscommunication on stage because we were so nervous. Yeah. Turned into a reggae, but we finished it. 
We didn't want to have to ask to start over because that would be a death sentence. So we just finished it. We just thought we just ruined our first big audition. This is a New York audition. No, no, no. Broadway on on Broadway oh, in Nashville. This Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, and this know. is an interesting story for people if they're trying to get into music because uh, we had no idea how to even get on Broadway. Like that's what everybody comes to Nashville to right. play on Broadway because that's right. where everybody's going. Uh, so we had no idea. So <laughs> we were uh, me, me, and now my wife, but my girlfriend at the time. We were making Manila envelopes with the bands uh, with like a little CD of our EP that we had made. And then like a little one sheet that we printed off on our printer. And we were just going literally downtown to every single bar, handing them these things. Oh, my gosh. And I remember walking to Margaritaville and being like, who do I give this to? <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, and you got to get some, yourself out there. Yeah. And some people, it looked like they just would take them just out of pity. You know, like, they're like oh, OK, this again. <laughs> right in the you trash. Know? Yeah. And a, and a few of them told us like, hey, we've had the same house bands for, you know, since this place opened, like the only way you're getting in here is if one of these people die or calls you up to be their sub. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, it turns out that there's three people that pretty much own everything on Broadway. And fortunately, Margaritaville just happened to have auditions happening very soon. Um, and so they, they took a look at our pack and they were like, Hey, we'll just give them a shot. So we got the call and we had to like, Oh my gosh, we gotta, we gotta come up with music. We, we don't have yeah. any, you know, songs learned or anything. So, um, yeah, but that was a train wreck of an audition. It was a real That's trial funny. by fire. It, but it, it I, finished, <laughs> and they said, uh, do, do you know anything by Jimmy Buffett? And we're like, no. <laughs> they said, do you know Strike one. any of the hits? Do you know Don't Stop Believing? And we're like, no. no. So they said, okay, well, you might want to go learn those, and we'll be in touch. And, of course, we were like, well, that's that's over. That's and maybe a month later, I think it was February of uh 2014 uh they they emailed us and said you start in a week or in a month and they, they gave us one gig for that month just like a trial by fire again sure. uh and they're like you need to know like 70 songs yeah and we yeah. knew about 40 by the time we did it so we played one two hour set well, twice in a row set. yeah yeah and that's in the big room mm-hmm. there in the yeah. restaurant not it's yeah, not it's up the, front yeah. no it's in the stage in the back yeah i actually knew a guy from missouri mm-hmm. that uh played acoustic up front in the chill stage yeah, yeah. yeah that's on the chill stage mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right, so so then introduce the other band members um, that you've got currently, and uh, maybe a little bit about them, just because out of curiosity, everybody's. I mean, we have a, we have a bunch of players that play with us. I can shout some of them out. Uh, our uh, front man and uh, uh, center vocalist uh, is Mr. Ben Caesar, uh, phenomenal vocalist, great dude. vocalist, man, the guy's, high energy. Too. Oh yeah, he's such a showman, yeah. and uh, he couldn't be here today. He he was on his way back from uh, Gatlinburg with his wife. Um, he's just, man, like when I found this guy in, uh, 2019, it was just like, just, yeah. oh my God, I'm so fortunate to find him. And then, um, you know, we have other people that play with us. Yeah. Um, a guy named, uh, Tristan Smith, uh, plays guitar with us a lot. Okay. Um, he is known for playing these guitars called crooks and they are a, like a, custom guitar maker of like fender like guitars mm-hmm. um that brad paisley also plays so he has like these uh family friend connections with him and he, he's got all kinds of gear from from brad's old stock and so it just it's okay got he, a, he's friends with brad paisley technically 
Okay, so how do we get a hold of him? <laughs> um, he's he's grown up knowing the guy. Um, I was and, still going to move in on the whole Blake Shelton. Well, we're, you know, so we're, not, we're can, not done yet. We're not so. done yet. Yeah, we no, can get yeah. there. We're going to talk off air a lot. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, and we've got other people we love to play with, like yeah. uh, Stephen Hanner plays a, a killer harmonica, and uh, Trey Gust plays really mean bass. Well, it seems when I saw you guys that day, there were a couple people inside the inside the group that was on stage that day that mm-hmm. were also doing multiple things, multitasking, yeah. moving from keyboard to another instrument, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I and I think again that's the beauty of being in Nashville. You're surrounded by good musicians yes. who can cycle through and play <laughs> wherever and do just whatever Jonathan's doing right now, gigging yeah. on the road with another band. And so, what great opportunity! Well, I, I got to tell you. Mm. Uh, bon Vivants, if you are ever in the Nashville area, or are you guys on the road much at all? Do you Are you pretty much staying we in this area? We did a summer tour from July 28th to August, I think it was 18th. Okay. So we were mostly in around the Ohio area. Right. We went to uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, but we we get around. We've we've get done on some up places. to Missouri. Oh, yeah, we, we need to, to get man. you guys in Missouri. We'll, we'll actually we'll work for that because we've got, <laughs> we've got a gorgeous amphitheater in Jefferson yeah. City that's brand new, and you guys would Sweet. be great. Oh, we do nice. We so, do so. Bon Vivants. We will post all of the links for Cumberland Run on their website, their Facebook page, their Instagram, all that stuff. And since I've started following, they're very active on social media. And uh, it'll be easy to find them and locate them. But if you come to Nashville, my recommendation, if you want to go sit down, have uh, some good hors d'oeuvres and a nice drink and listen to some good music, go find Cumberland Run, primarily probably at Old Reds right now, right? Yeah, Old okay. Reds and Wild Horse Saloon. Wild Horse Saloon. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jonathan, anything you want to add to the band? Thing? I, Jonathan, I got a question for you. And this is sure. kind of a joke. Do you know the old joke about what's the difference between a violin and a fiddle? Oh, yeah. One of them's got strings and okay. the other one's got strings. All right. <laughs> You've heard it. Okay. I thought I might get I, you on that one. but I, I string mine up. <laughs> I was in a van recently going through all the band member jokes we could think of. Man, there's so many of those. They're all, I know. All great. I couldn't get ahead of you on that one. So. <laughs> Right. My, my John- favorite one is the is the drummer one though. That's how okay. we tell if our stage is level. If if Thomas is drooling out of both sides of his mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Brad mentioned earlier bass bass player jokes. What's the Ooh. what's the most frequent question a bass player asks? I don't know. Do you want this too slow or too fast? <laughs> uh. No, I know a particularly sh- savage one. You can really put on any member you want, but I. I don't know why it hits the bass player the most, but it's like, what's the difference between a park bench and a bass player? One one can support a family of four. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little harsh, but it's good. Oh, oh man. man, that is harsh. Well, that's you know, Brad and I are both theater people, and so one of my favorite jokes is, you know, uh, I've always, I've got a question I've always wanted to ask an actress. Oh yeah. Can I get another cup yeah. of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, oh no? How many uh, guitarists, lead guitarists, does it take to screw in a light bulb? Don't know. It takes twenty eight. It only takes one to screw in the light bulb, and the other twenty seven to say I could do it better. <laughs> <laughs> we know some lead guitar players, and that's very accurate. Actually. Here I have here I actually have I have drums on here. Are you ready? Yeah. Hey, all right, hey. There we go. Hey. <laughs> all right, let's transition, Brad, if you're ready. Jonathan, first of all, anything you want to add about the band or what Jonathan, what's going on in the future of the band? What do you see down the road that uh, Bon Vivants might look for 
and listen for? You know, I just think it's so exciting because the band, again, is just so full of people that are just go-getters and just trying to always up ourselves. And, you know, we're recording with some of the, the greatest studio engineers in Nashville. We're recording, you know, at the at the castle and a whole bunch of other cool places. And Shout we're getting opportunities. Absolutely. Shout yeah. out to Blackbird Academy. They, they've done our, our last uh, couple of projects and they've just been fantastic over there. They get the students involved and they've just got world class engineers over there uh, that are just, you know, ready to put out Grammy, you know, sounding uh, material. So apart from that, but also like just how you guys found us at Old Red, uh, Blake Shelton's team found us at Old Red and we ended up opening for him at Putin Bay uh, at the Bash on the Bay. Um, last year so like, yeah wow yeah so so we're we're over here just trying to hustle as much as we can and we're we're doing opening spots for big artists we're doing big stages ourselves and so i think it's just really exciting and i think uh your your listeners will just really enjoy if you follow along on us start with with social media we're just shouting out when we're coming to different uh you know cities and states and everything and we're just traveling all over putting on you know top-notch shows and that's just great very energetic hey music, johnny I got, so. I got a question though okay you're, yeah. you're you're up there at old red and you're playing who has walked in that while you were playing and you went oh shit i can't believe that they're in here and you just went have you had any of those moments? I think in a roundabout maybe the, way, Johnny, maybe the, the owner of the, of the establishment no, comes to mind. No, we've never seen Blake, uh, and he does this thing where he calls through the video call every now and then up on the screen, and we, we've unfortunately not had that opportunity. But uh, the fact that he says that, Johnny, reminds me of um, I think it was our last Whiskey Jam. Uh, Whiskey Jam is a well-known establishment around town. It's a huge song uh, songwriter and uh, band artist showcase series. Uh, and the last time we played there, Donnie Reese was there and he saw you play. And uh, that name, I'll let you tell a story about that. But that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. So we were playing and we have a song called Soul My Soul to Country. You definitely have to go check that one out yeah, on the streaming. Yeah. Great song. Uh, but it's it's a huge fiddle thing because we've been doing that song ever since the original uh, iteration of the band. We've done it a couple different ways. And we finally settled on a really fiddle heavy one. And uh yeah, Donnie Reese is the guy when uh, Charlie Daniels, rest in peace, uh, passed away. Um, they they actually called him to be the fiddle player for it. Oh, so, my gosh. So this, <laughs> this guy there, huh? Understudy right. for Charlie. So, oh, my gosh. Thank goodness I didn't recognize him or see him, but he was over there by the bar just listening. He came up and shook my hand afterwards and was like, brother, you can play the fiddle. Oh, and that's got to feel good. Man, what a deal that wow, would be. Wow, that's got to feel good. Yeah, so he was just really complimenting like the whole band and just the energy that we were bringing. He was like, "Man, nobody else is is making people, you know, jump up and and down like this. Like you, you guys are just really crushing it. You only had three songs to do it. You you won the crowd of, after the first one. Well, that was um, part of the thing that got me to, uh, interested in you guys. And again, I fell in love when I heard you. It was the the energy and the the, the crowd response. And this was middle of the afternoon. This was not like a nighttime crowd. We were we were pre concert partying. Yeah, it's probably so, like four. Yeah, it was four or five yeah. o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And so it was crowded, but it, you know, you had to, it wasn't just a given that everybody was going to be on yeah. your side. Yeah. And oh, so totally not. very impressive. Yeah, they come there to eat. They come there to hang yeah. out, you know, yeah. not necessarily my come favorite, there to see us. My, my favorite compliment that we get, and we've, we've been fortunate oh, yeah. to get it so many times is people come up to us and the first thing they'll say is, 
I'll tell you the truth, man. I hate country music, but I loved y'all. Oh, well, well you have you have a convert. You have a crossover vibe in that you're country, but sure, you also you also have a, a an upbeat rock kind of uh, vibe that you, you know without abandoning country roots. It's it's kind of a unique thing, yeah, and uh, that really comes yeah, from my upbringing in yeah, uh, the 90s alt rock and I stuff can see like that. that yeah. Hear that? Yeah. So congratulations. Yeah, funny and, I'm, I'm sorry, John. Go ahead. Song, oh, sorry. Thomas writes songs, and and you hear them, and it's like, okay, this is for John Mayer or something, you know. Yeah. But then, yeah. you know, he sends, he gives them to the band, and and it turns into this like, you know, rock country vibe, and it just totally changes the vibe. But yeah. So you have those deep lyrics from those, you know, people like John Mayer and other people who are, you know, writing, you know, Goo Goo Dolls songs, and things like that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Then they've got ripping fiddles and and uh, guitar and pedal steel in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pedal steel harmonica. It's just pedal steel will turn about any song into a country song, won't it? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close. Essential <laughs> yeah. sound. All right, yeah. so so just so the bon vivant, bon vivants know, you can get your music online. They yes. can download music just like any other mm-hmm. artist. Yeah, through streaming yeah. services, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So yes. go out there and look and seek for Cumberland Run Band. Yes. And mm-hmm. you will find it. So, and we will post all of your websites and links on our podcast page too. The, what I wanted to touch on is the one uh, thing, a walk in that happened to me. Um, we were playing at Old Red, and uh, we got a note on the stage after we got done playing. Uh, I think it was "When It Rains It Pours" by Luke Combs. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Combs' drummer was in the audience. Oh, <laughs> nice. cool! <laughs> and he said, "Just to let you know, uh, I hear I'm here, and I saw that, and I, I think I read that, and I was." Like, uh, thanks. Um, I hope I didn't butcher it. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. You know, cool. there's an old axiom in in music, and and it, I think it stands. It still stands up. And and John, Johnny's story, I mean, really brings it home. And that mm-hmm. is, you never know who's listening. Yeah. 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 You could end up in China, right, John? <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> All right. Well, well guys, again, we yeah. appreciate your being on the show. We're going to transition into the third part of the show, and that is okay. the three top picks. And again, we chose an homage to the name Cumberland Run, uh, since it's geographically uh, referenced, the Cumberland Valley, the Cumberland River. Um, we are going to do three top songs that reference a geographic location of some kind, okay? Uh, so, uh, Thomas and, and Jonathan, we'll start with you guys. We'll go around and circle one at a time. Doesn't okay. have to be in any order. And we do honorable mentions also because we mm-hmm. cheat. We cheat because yeah. so, it's I've, our show. We yeah, do I've got a little bit of a cheat here as well. <laughs> All right. Take it away. All right. Uh, I'll start. The first one I would think of is China Grove. China Grove. I love China, China Grove. China Grove is most rocking. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, man. You know, some of these, you just piss yourself so off. Tell you go, first of all, you I tell us why, and then I've got a China Grove story. Got it. Got it. So like I said earlier in the podcast, I was raised on a uh, best of Doobie Brothers cassette tape in my dad's old Volvo. Beautiful. 1985 Volvo. <laughs> Boxy but good. Boxy. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, so that was really my exposure to riff rock. Yeah. You know, what's like, um, I don't know, Foo Fighters and, and Nickelback kind of thing these days. But like China Grove has this just 
Yeah, that's that's riff rock. Yeah, and that is exactly what "Sold My Soul to Country" is. It's this, it's based off of that driving guitar yeah. riff. Yeah, and uh, uh, we have another record coming out next year uh, with a song called "Old Road Romeo," which does a similar thing. It's a riff cool. rock song. Cool. Um, so, and this is of also, of course, pre Michael McDonald. You know, with the Michael McDonald. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, you know, I'm OG, OG, uh, Doobie Brothers fan. I love Michael, but like, this is just, no, like, there's, but they're two different versions. Exactly. I know. Brothers. I mean, you can't yeah. see them live. Yeah. Uh, they don't do the Michael McDonald songs. Well, if, or they didn't when we went. It depends on who's playing. My, my parents just went to see them like two nights ago. They had Michael. He oh, showed up. Yeah. Michael. He was playing with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. That's, okay. Then that's, that's different. a new version. Yeah. Okay. Quick question. So, who's your favorite drummer? My favorite. That's Next a hard question. Great party. Great, I love. Great, great question. Great party. This is a great party. It is a great party. I'm gonna have another drink. <laughs> um, my favorite drummer. There's so many. Um, it's like asking who's your favorite child. Wow. <laughs> I really like Phil Collins, and the reason I like Phil Collins is one, he's done. You could say the same thing about Dave Grohl. He's done the similar kind of thing that I've been doing. Like you asked me, you don't see a drummer that usually does this. Both of them did that. Dave yeah. Grohl and yeah. and yeah. Um, Phil you, Collins. You say that you also did. Yeah, he Phil started Collins out is who drummer. I thought of immediately because well, or Don Henley. They started as the drummer in their respective groups, and then they uh, either you know you could say uh, Phil Collins basically became the lead singer of Genesis, but um, uh, Dave Grohl created the Foo Fighters, so that's right. a different project. Right. Still the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, eventually they moved forward. I am still on the drums, but I have started singing lead in Cumberland cool. Run. Okay, well. uh, off of our thing is to go back and forth between myself and Ben to sing uh, lead cool. songs. All right. So who sits in on? Do you do you sing from behind the kit? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's that's a, super. See, that when I said like Don Henley, so that seems very do. difficult to me. Yeah, it's quite an acrobatic feat. It is. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't doubt that. So, all right, John. Then how about you? Well, I mean, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't start with "Devil Went Down to Georgia." <laughs> oh. I mean, that, that just. I know it seems like it gives me, but no, honestly, it's not. That, that has been one of my staple tunes, and it's just been something that's like really shaped my career. You know, yeah. it's like somebody will hear me play that with one band and want me to do it with their band and their band, and I've gotten in a lot of bands because of that song. So yeah. great choice, been, especially for you. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, kind exactly. of you know, it's kind of the uh, okay. Now I've got a drummer here. It's kind of your wipeout yeah. in a way. You know, if you can play wipeout as a drummer, yeah. well, yeah. then you're in the club. You know, the other one too is the uh, is the Orange Blossom special, Johnny. Oh, yeah. Anybody that can, can that can really saw it in two on a, on the Orange Blossom special, I just love. Yeah. So this Great. is what I love about playing with Thomas though, because he see, he hears a song like Orange Blossom, and he's like, you know what? I bet if we t- paired this up with uh, Psychobilly Freakout by Robert uh, Horton Heat, we we could do a killer uh, combo. Yeah, <laughs> those are those exactly are great though. It's like a fever dream of a mashup. Yeah, because it, it starts with the, uh, Reverend Horton on the Psychobilly, <laughs> and then it goes right into the uh, that's great orange blossom. Oh my god, those are yeah, great. It's a, and, so oh. Hillbilly Psychobilly Freakout. It's that's a great. really awesome mashup that we do. Um, yeah. So. God, I yeah, love that. I, I love, so, so my first one is um, it's kind of a multi geographical location because it is by the time I get to Phoenix. Okay. So Jimmy Webb wrote it, prolific songwriter, and oh, wrote yeah. a lot of huge hits for Glenn Campbell. Um, so honorable mention from Jimmy Webb is Galveston and Wichita Lineman 
also both geographic locations. But by the time I get to Phoenix, mentions multiple locations. <laughs> by the time I get to Phoenix, by the time I make Albuquerque, by the time I hit Oklahoma. The, the reason I picked it is not only do I love Glenn Campbell and love that song, but you can mentally make the journey through the song. I'm a lyrics guy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But you, you, you literally mentally make that journey across the map. As you see this guy who's told this girl he's going to leave her multiple times, and he finally gets the cojones to do it, and you you see him traveling, you know, you're making that journey, and I it just it really hits home to me. So so that was my first one. That's good. Yeah, my first one is a double because I cheat. <laughs> my, my you do this a lot. I, I, I do cheat. Yeah, yeah. But my first one is a double, but it has to do with South America. And it has to do specifically with Brazil, Rio, Duran Duran. Okay. And. All right. I never thought we'd have Duran Duran in any top three on this podcast. Duran Duran. Duran Duran. Yeah. And the other one. You know where Duran Duran came from? Yes. It came from. Jane Fonda. uh, Jane Fonda. um, uh, Say it quickly or uh, I'm going to jump in. Barbara Ella. Barbara Ella. Yeah. Terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and the other one is Girl from Ipanema. So cool. they're both they're mm-hmm. from yeah. Brazil. Astro Gilabrato. That's a sexy song. Yeah. Oh, it's a good song. I don't care that who song you are. Stan Stan Getz, that's a sexy song. Stan Getz did it. And really? of course, Francis Albert did it. Sinatra. Hmm. He he recorded it too. I, I think Herb Ipanema. Albert did a version of it too. Herb Albert did it. It was, it was not been, no vocal. It was all trumpet. No, but there's yeah. been a lot of people that have done Girl from Ipanema. That's, that's a good. That's a good, a good one. That's a sexy song. It yeah. is a sexy <laughs> song. It is. Yeah. All right. My next one is uh, Why Georgia by John Mayer. Now Georgia is in the song. It's a person. So I'm kind of breaking the rules here. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> That's okay. That's what this is all about is breaking rules. Yeah, Not yeah, everybody yeah. knows that, though. So yeah, I guess. That's I think a good point. It's yeah. a gray area. I, yeah. did, I didn't. In fact, I okay. don't know that I did know that. Okay. Did you know the song? Uh, vaguely. Got it. So, I have yeah. a John Mayer story I'll tell you off. Okay. Yeah. So my sister used to pick me up from middle school in the early 2000s in my dad's old 85 Volvo. And, uh, boxy but good. Still boxy but good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, comes from a movie, by the way. Oh, also yeah. my first car. <laughs> we're, we're movie quoters here. Okay. That's an old movie. That's line. good. Um she got a new John Mayer CD that just came out called Room for Squares, and she played it for weeks. And of course, as a you know prepubescent boy, I was like not super into it. But the more I was forced to listen to it, I really, really started to enjoy it. Now it's one of my favorite records. It was actually one of the first songs I taught myself how to play on guitar when I started teaching myself guitar in 2009, which yeah. was my senior year of high school. Yeah. Um, and it uh, John Mayer has really lent. Uh, himself and his songwriting style to uh, my own, which is what Johnny was kind of hinting, hinting at earlier. Cool. So that is my second choice. Very good. I'm a fan of Peter Mayer. Peter Mayer? Peter Mayer. They're related. I have no Are idea. They? Peter Mayer plays with uh, Jimmy Buffett and the Coral River Band. Oh, I have no idea if he's is related. Is he related to John? I don't know. I don't either. They're both I mayors. Think, I, think, I think it is part of the Mayer family. I think it is. I think Clay Cook, who wrote a lot of the songs on that record with John Mayer, plays with uh, Zach Brown. And Zach Brown plays... With um, who? Who were you talking about earlier? The Jimmy Buffett. And yeah, the, I think. The Coral uh, yeah, yeah. Band. Coral Reefers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, Zach Brown every now and then could plays be. with uh, with Jimmy Buffett. So that's oh, like a six degrees of separation there. Buddies. Yeah, they yeah. they did Crossroads uh, on uh, CMT. Which yeah, was, there you yeah. go. Which was really mm-hmm. good. All right, Jonathan, you're up, John. Uh, you know, 
I, this is a it's a weird one, but I think Lukenbach, Texas. <laughs> of course, weird. that's not weird at all. Are you okay, kidding? Good. With Waylon and Willie it's... and the boys. <sighs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know why, but that was one of my grandma's favorite tunes, <laughs> and uh, that was kind of my first experience with country music. Because again, cool. before I started country, that was it was either bluegrass or it was rock music that I was into. So. Yeah, Lukenbach, Texas. That one brings me back. I remember listening to that one with the grand grand so on the radio. You're so. referencing your grandmother, which probably is where we are. Um, but Lukenbach, Texas, you know, they're back in the late seventies, Willie Whalen, Tom Paul Glazer, uh, were the outlaws. There were some others in that group too. And they took country a different direction and they were considered outlaws. And uh-huh. their their album, which was a great album. I think had Luke and Bach Texas on it with Waylon and Willie. Wow. And that really sort of changed some of the direction of country music at that time and helped it cross over into more of a mainstream thing where they became that urban cowboy type thing where it, Thomas is sitting here looking at me. He has no idea what I'm talking about. He's too young. Eyes <laughs> glazed over. It's like, but you know, that, that was a crossover period when country became more cool for pop and rock listeners. And so yeah. uh, Lukenbach, Texas is one of those songs. Yeah. Great and, choice. But, Johnny, the the other thing, too, about it is this town was not kind to uh, no, they some were not. of those guys. So no. they said, basically, F you, I'm going back to Texas, and I'm going to make my own money. Yeah. My, my own, well, yes, <laughs> my own music and my own money. Yeah. And it right, was like right. Willie and Waylon yeah, and, and Jerry Jeff Walker. Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson. Yeah, guys, a bunch yeah. of those guys said, you know what? They, they yeah, the hey, Nashville. Yeah. Hey, you don't want us? Fine. We'll just if go you do go, our thing. At least when I went to the Country Music Hall of Fame Museum, there is a section dedicated to the outlaws. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, and yeah. Before we move on to that uh, next song, um, I wanted to touch on something about that. Uh, Outlaw, have you seen the new Ken Burns documentary about country music? Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, yes. It, yeah. It is yeah. truly so, one of yeah. the absolute best. Yeah. Uh, Ken Burns does it right. Ken, Ken yeah. Burns could do a documentary about the phone book and I'd watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything he does is Brad, amazing. I have bad news for you. They don't have phone books anymore. Oh. I've still, I've still seen some big strong men rip them apart, so they're yeah. somewhere. They're, yeah, they're, they're using, using them for that. Using them, that's the only reason they even... Um, what I wanted to touch on is the... I think it was the um, secretary of... Was it Hillbilly Records? Which is what the Wayland's record company, which he released all the uh, outlaw records on. Okay. Um, someone called in to the, like, the record company and said, what would you identify them as like what is their style of music and this woman liked to keep a dictionary on her so she could like define things or so one of her hobbies and uh there wasn't the outlaw it wasn't a term it wasn't something someone created on the road or something it was her she's like well it's it exists sorry on the outside of the law like on the outside of what is common so uh she's like that's exactly what they are they are on the outside of the nashville sound i did not know that. yeah that's so, a great story exactly and yeah. so i feel like i would get crucified if i would call us outlaw because that is now an established sound yeah we are not that but i have uh called us new outlaw because we are not doing what nashville is doing right now cool. we are making our way and doing our own thing and making good music that people want to listen I think, to but i think nouveau 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 neo outlaw yeah nouveau <laughs> outlaw <laughs> all right we're, great we're the country artists that you like if you don't like country yeah, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you have your niche. Well, yeah. great choice. Let me tell you, that's a big niche. That's great. a great place to be. Actually, great choice, yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. I love Lukenbach, Texas. So mine. Uh, you guys may not know. Brad and I are both musical theater guys. We're at my degrees in theater, and so I'm going to the the Broadway, the New York Broadway for my next one. And 1957, a gentleman named Meredith Wilson wrote a an iconic Broadway musical called The Music Man. Did we double on this, Brad? No, we didn't. Okay. No, I didn't So even The go Music Broadway. Man is set in River City, Iowa, and there's actually two songs from this musical that I'm going to jam into the, my, my second pick. And the first <laughs> one is pretty easily identified. It's Gary, Indiana. And it's sung by Winthrop, the young kid with the lisp who has a confidence problem. And so, Yeah, I love that one, yeah. So Gary, Indiana, I think it's pretty iconic from a Broadway musical standpoint. And then the other one is... It's a chorus number that I've always loved called Iowa Hawkeye, Hawkeye Stubborn. And it's about <laughs> these it's these these uh, townsfolk who come together and tell you all the reasons why you're welcome to their town, but don't ask them to help you in any way. You know, you can uh, welcome to the picnic. You can have your share of all the food you bring yourself. Yeah. Those kind of lyrics. So it's a really clever little fun song that introduces the audience to the town of of River City and and those inhabitants and the attitude of the town. So that's my second choice is Trouble um, right here in River City. Trouble in River City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a third one. Good good choice. Yeah. A third a third geographic location. Man, so. I didn't even go Broadway. If I'd have done that, I, I, that could have been another I shoot, wanted man. We could have done the I whole know. show. I wanted just to get on. outside what yeah. we might have normally thought of. So that's my number two choice. The music man. Okay, here's my number my number two is two places Let's see if you Again. can figure this. Yeah, it is. I I've done the same thing. Well, these are two places that don't exist. I Okay. You ready? Go ahead. Well, the billion-dollar song, Margaritaville. Ah. Uh, wait which, a minute. Which, wait. Is, it, it really it's does not exist. A, it's not a place. It's a state it's, of it's mind. It's a state of mind. I agree. That's right. Uh, everybody has it's their... It's a condition. Everybody has their Margaritaville. <laughs> and... Uh, I think everybody should. Uh, Johnny, I love what, Johnny, what's your where, what's your Margaritaville? Oh man, just <laughs> honestly, in the back of a sweaty van. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm honest. Like you know, it doesn't matter if it's a tour bus or a some some vehicle that is getting me to play music and tra- taking me around the world. Like I could not be happier. There you go. Than just being. Being on the road, knowing that the next place I stop, I'm going to take out my fiddle and play some music. Nice. For some that's a like great. That, that's a great mar- that is you my know, margarita. Bill. Mine might be on the back deck, uh, having a little shot of this uh, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey no right here on a Friday Ooh. afternoon would be a good place, or or yeah. you know here good. at the old NFIB office so on a Friday afternoon. So you said two. What's so? What's the second one? Kokomo. Uh, there is no Kokomo. Beach there is, Boys. Beach Boys. Really, there isn't a Kokomo? There's no Kokomo. I didn't know that. No. I thought those were all locations no, maybe in the sorry, Caribbean. The, the Beach Boys made that dude up. Well, it rhymes, and it, it works really well. Yeah, it does. And uh, both of those songs did rather well. Yeah. <laughs> one, one did extremely well. One's still doing extremely yeah. well, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, I've helped. All right, third third round, Thomas. I'm gonna, I'm take gonna, it away. I'm going to ask for mercy on this. So I have a, a fourth, because I 
I, I needed to include a fourth. No, well, well, we I, call that an honorable mention, so go on, for it. I had also honorable mentions. <laughs> well, let's knock them all out. Okay, so I'll do <laughs> this. This is a three-hour program. Got he, it. He knows how to do yeah. this show. I've yeah. done. Fit right in. I'll do the honorable mentions first with no explanation, just what they yep, are. There you go. And exactly. then do the third and fourth. He um, really does know how to fit in. He yeah. does. He's done this before, yeah. Oh, Atlanta by um, Alison Krauss. Okay. Uh, Midnight Train to Memphis by Chris Stapleton. And then LaGrange by ZZ Top. Oh, LaGrange. That's a good one. Riff rock song. Yep. I love LaGrange. Um, The third of my actual picks is... Uh, another Broadway from New York, but not the one you're thinking of. Uh, this is Broadway by Goo Goo Dolls. Um, Broadway's yes. Dark Tonight. Yes, Broadway's Dark Tonight. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, how I know it. Is it just Broadway? Is that the official title? Uh, yeah, it's called Broadway. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's one of my favorite songwriters and singers. I, I love, yeah. I love, I love the, the Goo Goo, Goo, Goo Dolls. Dolls. They're awesome. Do you take grief for liking the Goo Goo Dolls? No, except I do from sometimes. Johnny. <laughs> no, I do sometimes. <laughs> Come on, man. Wow, just throw me under the bus. I just threw him under the bus. <laughs> you just got <laughs> squished. All right. So, Johnny, what's your come? So, did you get them all in, Thomas? Um, the only thing about the Broadway, the reason for that one yeah. is, um, it, like, it's really about refusing to throw your life away. He had an alcoholic father, and he would just get taken to the bar, and he saw all these 18-year-old kids just taking their dad's spot at the bar and just kind of drinking their life away. Yeah. And he's like, I don't really want to do that. And that's kind of what Broadway is about is just – the circle, the cycle of destruction and like refusing to, to be a part of that. Yeah. And that kind of resonates with me, not necessarily because I have that in my life, but I do kind of refuse to fall in and conform to sure. a lot of the things that are kind of normal. And, uh, that also informs my songwriting style even now. Yeah. Very good. All right, Jonathan, last round. All right. For me, the next one that, or the, the one that's, that's real special to me is uh, sweet home, Alabama. <laughs> Um, and the reason for that is that that's uh, actually a Cumberland Run story. Uh, <laughs> that was one of the first songs that I learned uh, with Cumberland Run, oh. where me and the electric guitar player were basically dueling. And that was the first time that I really got a chance to hear what the fiddle and electric guitar sound like together, you know, doing both lead in that song, because there's no real fiddle in that song. So making it up and being a lead player on the fiddle. Yeah, uh, it was just kind of a an eye opening experience for me, kind of like a change in my mentality. Like, you know what? I don't need to just be learning fiddle parts. I need to be learning electric guitar parts. Yeah, and starting to yeah. do you know these these twin guitar lines that you hear in those you know '90s rock anthems. You know that could be a fiddle and a guitar. That doesn't have to be two guitars. Right. And so that that really changed the sound of Cumberland Run for for a bit there. And we're still kind of going on that train with. Uh, you know the uh, the rock tune that uh, Thomas was talking about earlier that we wrote the riff rock song. Um, the new one, Old Road Romeo. Old Road Romeo, yeah. right? There's a lot of twin guitar type parts, but being played between the fiddle and the electric guitar. Um, so it's still in our in our sound today. So let me run this by you. You're a mandolin player, also, correct? Yes. So love what you know, Sweet Home Alabama's got that really cool keyboard in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would it sound like on a mandolin to do that? It sounds nice, but I, I've started doing it on fiddle because okay. mandolin doesn't have any uh, resonance to it like I can with the Got bow. It. Got it. So a yeah. lot of the times when it's competing with electric guitar yeah. stuff, no it, sustain. It, it just gets lost, yeah. you know, Makes which sense. is really a bummer because it's such a fun instrument to play. But when you're like in a bluegrass or acoustic type setting, it's it's one that really soars. But yeah. 
I've I had love a hard the mandolin. That's it. why I wondered, but it shows my ignorance of music, so of instruments. But, oh no, not at all. No, it's a fun instrument to play. I try yeah. and play it as much as I can with yeah. uh, Cumberland Run. If I had a wish of any instrument I could play, it would be keyboards or a mandolin, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Uh, don't need to exactly touch on this, but like how I hated playing the piano, I retaught myself in like 2010. Yeah. So now I love it, and I uh, bought myself a mandolin in 2011, and I love playing that too yeah, as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, man. All right, good choice. Good choices. Um, so I got a couple of honorable mentions, and you know, I ask you, do you get grief for liking the Goo Goo Dolls? Well, I get grief for liking this guy from my own daughters. So I'm a huge John Denver fan. Okay, and of course you've got. Uh, Country Roads, which yeah. is West Virginia, is the reference, and mm-hmm. then Rocky Mountain High, which is mm-hmm. uh, you know Colorado. Uh, so those will be in my honorable mention. The third one, though, is um, an homage to probably my favorite singer, songwriter, poet of all time in America, and that is John Prine. Mm. And he oh, wrote yeah. a song called the, the official title of the song is Paradise, but we know it better as Muhlenberg County. Mm. And Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County, down by the Green River where Paradise lays? Great pick. And he's a poet. I mean, that's why I like John. John's one of those people that great songwriter, not the greatest voice in the world, but he he interprets his music so well. Yeah. And um, the other thing I love about Muhlenberg County or Paradise is the, this certain line. He has a way with a line, and it, the one that really sticks out in my head is. Where the air smelled like snakes, and we'd shoot with our pistols, but empty pop bottles was all we would kill. And I just think that is—I just think that is a classic. What? That's that's poetry, man. Yeah. That is just so artistic, and yeah. it really hits home for me uh, because I grew up in those kinds. You know, walking in the woods and. The air smelled like snakes. Who comes up with that? <laughs> but is that not? Does that not evoke a sense memory? To anyone who's yeah. spent any kind of time in the woods or along a creek bed or anything like that. So Paradise is my uh, probably my third and top choice for geographic location songs. You know, that's deep. Beat that, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> Dick. Uh, I've been yeah. told worse than that. All right. Yeah. Well... Go I got, for it. You, you probably will. I got two words for you. Anne Margaret. Viva Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Swing. See, John agrees with me. <laughs> Swing. Swing. Yeah, that's right. Okay, my honorable missions it, it mentions is Jackson. June, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny and yeah, June. Johnny and June. Yeah. Done, yeah. done by our good friend David Baker, who okay. does... Both, Both parts. parts. Wow. The other the other ones I've got is uh, one of my really famous is is, is uh, walking in Memphis. Mark. Yeah, Cohen. I was thinking okay. about that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. And you know, before the Bee Gees ever got into the all the disco yeah. crap, <laughs> I think Massachusetts is one of the prettiest songs that's that a the great Bee Gees. Song. When you're talking about vocals and you're talking about harmonies, listen to the the early Bee Gees songs. They're wonderful, so they're great. Now, I thought you might say "Ghost of New Orleans." Well, because I know you love it. "Ghost of New Orleans" is another one that's just a fantastic song. Before yeah. we wrap, wrap up this segment, all I right. do have to break your rule and do a fourth because you're not breaking any rules, Thomas. <laughs> we we no do it rules. all the time. We got no stinking rules. And I need Johnny to join me on this one. Uh, that are, I think, collectively uh, one of our favorite 
location based songs is a song that we have coming out on our ne- next record. Uh, that one is uh, Yallville, Johnny. Yes, the, the the futuristic place or the the no, sorry, the uh, make believe place of Yallville. Yallville. Yeah, it's a song on our next record called Dial C for Country. Yeah, um, y'all love that tune. It is it's such so a fun, fun song. I have oh a bit God. of it here. I can play for you guys over the mic if you want me to. Well, it's about time y'all started plugging. Well, yeah, stuff. You know, we yeah. didn't have you bring. We didn't have you bring your instrument. So yeah, no. yeah, stick it up there by the microphone. Let's hear Let's a little see bit how of this it. Goes. Yeah, it's a bit. rough mix. This is not ready to go this at is all. Not but mixed into the first time, the ladies and gentlemen. But right here on the way right out to the podcast. That's right. Yeah, all right, let's do this. Turn up. First of all, bit. I love while you're doing that. I love the name of the album. Dial uh, C for Country. That's yeah. a great. That is. Yeah. I, it's a homage to Dial M for Murder. It's oh, sure, film. sure. You yeah. guys like films? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I got. I think I got the inspiration to do it from a high school teacher who did a film class, and he made one of his films in college called Dial P for Pizza. There's <laughs> 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 like a I horror, love that. That's class. It's a horror film, and I was just like. I don't think anyone's done this yet for for a country record. That's great. All right, what's it sound like? All right, let's do it. And the name of this again is? Uh, Is Yallville. Yallville. I think everyone wants to be from a Yallville. Oh, yeah. Or they either want want to be from one or they've been to one. That's right. So let's get some of this. I can hear that on the radio, man. Somebody need you guys need to. Yeah, we're looking forward to. It. We're super yeah. excited about that one. Right. I think you want to show in, Johnny. Yeah. So you share those links and stuff with us. I promise we'll put them up. Oh yeah, Yallville is one of my favorites that I'm excited about for this new album. We got all the students to come in and sing at the end there. Maybe I'm giving away too much, but no, all right. there's a nice right. big crowd little, vocal at the end. Little teaser. Thomas, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show. Let's hey, stay in touch. You. Yeah, dude. Uh, certainly. And, um, you know, anytime we're down here, we're going to come and see you guys. And Bon Vivants, I encourage you, if you're in the Nashville area, look these guys up. You will not be disappointed. Thank you guys for uh, joining us again. And uh, Mr. Jones. Mr. Enlow. Cheers. We Like That Too is produced as a labor of love for the enjoyment of Bon Vivants everywhere. To get information about our bottles and links to our guests, go to our website, welikethatpodcast.com. Tune in to new episodes by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. Please remember to rate, review, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Like That Podcast. So everybody, hey, remember the numbers. One bottle, two good friends, and three top picks because... We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too.